once again we celebrate you now king of kings and lord of lords we thank you for the covenant that you have with your people that says that a thousand might fall by our side and ten thousand by our right hand but nothing shall by any means hurt us in you we find a place of safety and security and on the arm of your strength we have decided to trust we ask that you bless us this evening in the name of jesus amen we'll do just two verses of scripture two scripture readings the first is going to be from the book of genesis chapter 17 genesis chapter 17 this is god that is addressing abraham verse 1 says when abraham was 90 years old and nine jehovah what what translation is this no i don't uh that translation and when abraham was 90 years old and nine the lord appeared to abraham and said unto him i am the almighty god walk before me and be thou perfect and i will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly notice that abraham was sitting on his own it was god that came to contract him the guy was sitting on his own and god by an act of his sovereign will decided to engage abraham and began to extend to abraham some commitments that he was willing to make that is going to affect the scope of his possibility but you see attached to this discourse that god had with abraham was a need oh my you are not with me all right i think i need to define something here what is a testimony you know when you study your bible you find sometimes where the word of god is referred to as a testimony when you study your bible you find at some point the word of god is referred to as a law you find in the word of god sometimes it is referred to as a commandment and i was trying to make us understand that these things have different meanings now for instance what we see in the book of genesis chapter 17 is a testimony and what we mean by a testimony is what god says about himself when you find a scripture where god is talking is revealing himself to us by himself that's a testimony and god gave abraham a testimony of himself now you know with me okay let me digress and show you a few things about this testimony matter who is there with me in the book of Hebrews? i'll just digress a little i'll come back to the subject matter it was god god engaged abraham with a testimony you know you know you preach about god every day you talk about god every day that's not a testimony it is what god says about himself that constitutes a testimony and in the book of hebrews hebrews chapter one in hebrews chapter one the bible says god who at sundry times and in diverse manners speak in times past unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken unto us by his son it means that the ministry of the end time is going to be a ministry of testimony because it is his son that is the chief spokesman of the things of god it is the son that is the chief spokesman to unveil and to speak about god and his purposes so in the end time god is going to employ the facility of testimony as his his means of witness now what happened in the book of genesis chapter 17 was that god decided to bring a testimony to abraham he said i am el shaddai oh my god it's so wonderful so there's so much you can say that god is but this time it's not you saying it's god that is saying by himself he said i am el shaddai 
walked out before me, that means you need to become perfect. Take this revelation, El Shaddai, and then begin to apply this revelation in your life until you become perfect in it, you become matured in it. Now, what does El Shaddai mean, for instance? El Shaddai means the all-sufficient God. God created us insufficient. And that's why the Bible says that the Spirit of God helpeth our infirmities. Because you have infirmities. And he created you with infirmities. I know you, are, you see yourself as someone that is without, beyond any form of reproach. And you are in your physical golden frame. You are calm and collected. And you don't seem to have any weaknesses whatsoever. But I'm telling you from the perspective of the manufacturer. That every product that was in the context of man was created with weaknesses and infirmities. You happen to be insufficient because there is one that is all-sufficient. And the partnership of life, the reason for covenant is you need the all-sufficient one to partner with so that he can take care of your insufficiencies and the subject of your insufficiencies will not constitute a limitation to your actualization in him. That's the reason for covenant. So he created you insufficient because he is all sufficient and if you begin to navigate you will begin to find out that you are limited your wisdom is limited there was a time we sat down and wanted to do business and we felt we had gone to school we we're intellectuals and we captured all the aspects of the business and we could we were projecting that when we implement this is the level of profit hallelujah <laughs> some of my business are associates they are, they are here and we we launched out our capital base was 15 million and then uh, Satan, <laughs> Satan, Satan came. <laughs> then we discovered that we were grossly insufficient. All these plans we put in place, we did without consulting God. Oh my God. And when Satan came, it's a shame. In fact, the, that, the, that story, the reason why you have not heard it is because it's a shameful story. You would have heard it before now. <laughs> so the best of us is insufficient. And all that fund went down the drain just because we did not consult God. We felt we were sufficient apart from him. It was when we went for implementation that we discovered how limited we were. And we saw, oh my God, hallelujah. Now, so God is, is testifying about himself. And what he says about himself to Abraham is that he is the all-sufficient one. He's the one that sustains all but is sustained by none he's the one that that supports all but is supported by by he's the self-existent he is the ever-existent he is the strong one that's what el shaddai means and that was the salutation that was the introduction that was the testimony he brought to abraham and on the basis of that testimony he was expecting something from abraham you are going to trade with this revelation. You are going to trade with this insight I'm giving you until you become perfect with that insight. That means, that means if it is true that God is the El Shaddai and you believe it, right? You should no longer be worried about the things we are normally worried about because we are insufficient. If you really capture the revelation of God as the El Shaddai, you will go beyond the level of anxiety. And for instance, take for instance, because God went into detail to show Abraham his commitment to him in the book of Genesis chapter 17. Let's imagine that God took 24 hours and Abraham monopolized God for 24 hours. After God has given him all these commitments, God has given him all this stuff, God has assured him 
the next thing Abraham did was to go into his, his servant girl, Hagar. The great one has already said, I am Eshaka. Walk that before me. Be that perfect. It is obvious that Abraham did not believe it. All right? So Abraham still went and did his own, played his own game based on his own capacity, his human intelligence. That it, it, it is more biologically reasonable for me to have something to do with Hagar, who is of a young blood. If there is any possibility for hairs to be born into my home, it's much likely, the probability of it happening is much likely with Hagar. And when he had done that and expended his physical strength, God rejected the child that came through that process. And as at the time God had rejected that child, he didn't even have the natural strength to attempt again. So he now went back to the Eshad and said, well, the last time you showed up, you said you are all-sufficient. And I want to believe that you are all-sufficient against impotency, all-sufficient against barrenness, all-sufficient against menopause. The reason why Abraham subscribed eventually was because Abraham had no other choice. He had played out all his cards, used up all his lifelines, and in that condition he was adequately prepared to meet with the El Shaddai. So the responsibility, a responsibility was bequeathed to him just because God brought him a testimony. And that testimony was an introduction of who he was. And God had determined that he will not deal with Abraham until Abraham had perfected, had earned the right huh, to engage him because he has perfected that revelation in his lifestyle. It, it took a lot of time before Abraham could now relate with God as the El Shaddai. As the El Shaddai, it is expected that we, we look to him for perfection. We look to him for supply. We look to him as our source. Before you take off, you look to him. Then he provides the supply that you need before you can advance. He's supposed to be the source. If we really capture uh, 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 the revelation of him as El Shaddai, he's supposed to eventually become our source. And unfortunately for Abraham, God said, you are going to walk before me and be perfect, and then I will cut a covenant with you. And that covenant is going to be a platform that is going to uh, be the basis of some form of specialized business specialized trafficking between me and you is going to be a different platform entirely let me give you another scripture quickly before i put these two scriptures together and the next scripture will be hebrews chapter 6 from verse 13 don't forget because you are about to forget so don't forget the call of abraham get thee out of thy country get thee out of thy kindred get thee out of thy father's house go into the land that i will show you and in that land, I will make you a great nation. So God began with a promise. Are you there? He began with a promise. But now he was scaling up. He was upgrading his dealings with Abraham to become a covenant. Now, so I want to show you the New Testament perspective of the same engagements that we are raising. So that you can understand the third plane of God's dealings with humankind which is a plane of covenant all right so for when god made promise to abraham you know he started with a promise because he could 
swear by no greater he swore by himself now the, the, the question is this now that god has given a promise to abraham why does he need to swear because god is a god of integrity his word is his bond so why will god need to go a step further to swear that's the question who can help me with the answer god is credible god is faithful and when god made promise to abraham he still took an additional step to swear yes who can help me do you have responses online i want to get a feedback why did god need to swear because there was no need for god to swear seeing that god was a god of integrity in fact the entire framework the entire architecture of our faith work is built on the integrity of god but we see something here god going beyond a mere promise he swore right let's go on yeah let's continue with the reading since i have no response so we'll continue saying surely blessing i will bless thee and multiplying i will multiply thee and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife verse 16 is critical in understanding the reason why god decided to go a step further to swear can we take 16 again it said for men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife next verse this one is men who this is the ways of men eh? not the ways of spirits but men men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife yes verse 17 quickly please okay they cannot help me anymore wherein god willing to more abundantly show the hairs of his promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it with an oath that means god decided to use the skills of men he used the method of men to show the immutability of his counsel he did not use the method of spirits he used the method of men the challenge that you are not seeing here okay yes let me finish my reading before i start to start my teaching that by two immutable things in which it is it was impossible for god to lie we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope that is set before us this is the expectation if it is true that you understand the covenant that you have with god that scripture is a description of the expectation that should result because you now know that you are in a covenant yes which hope we have as an anchor of the soul i would like you to underline the soul the hope is an anchor for the soul both sure and steadfast which enter it into which enter it into that within the veil i'm going to take some time to teach today and to try to open our understanding to the transaction that is taking place in the scripture you know the first thing i asked was okay god had already given a promise he had already made a promise to abraham and we know that the entire architecture of faith is predicated on the premise of integrity the reason why we believe god because god is faithful the reason why we trust god 
is because God is faithful. The reason why we worship him is because he's worthy. But the reason why we trust him is because he's faithful. Do you understand that? The reason why we give him glory is because that is his due. He's worthy of it. As a creature of God, it is my duty to give God praise, not because of what he has done, but praise because in his sovereignty, he decided to create me so that I could be in the circle of his bond of love. That's, that's sufficient reason to give God praise. But the reason why we trust God is because he is faithful. There is no scripture in the Bible, for instance, that says trust man. But you see, your trust for people is based on the fact that you began to engage them. And they proved to be worthy people. So they end your trust. And because of the way you have seen them under different circumstances and different situations and different climates, and they did not change their convictions, it is now safe, therefore, for you to trust such people because they have earned your trust. Circumstances didn't change them. Situations did not change them. So they are trustworthy. You see, nobody just goes out trusting people. In order for you to trust somebody, you must have an experience with the person. And the person has, must have shown how worthy they are. Alright? So, we trust God because he's faithful. In fact, there is an invitation. There is an open invitation. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You can come with your prejudice. You can come with your misgivings and misconceptions about God. But when you begin to walk with God, you will come to a realization of the fact that he is worthy. So, if God is worthy, and God who is worthy now gives you a promise, that is supposed to be the end of it. But you will notice that the terms of the covenant is, is the very substance of the promise. The terms of the covenant did, didn't change. It was just the promise that was still the covenant. But the difference is that God, when he gave Abraham the promise, he was, not, he was convinced that Abraham wasn't going to believe it. The problem with the situation here, just like you, you know in the scripture that by his stripes we were healed. But when sickness comes upon you, that scripture will not have so much meaning. Because God is aware that you are likely not to believe the provision. You are likely not to believe the spiritual fact. You are likely not to believe the promise he has made. Meanwhile, he wants you to receive what is offering. So what he did in the case of the covenant is that he decided to commit himself further. Not for his sake, but for your sake. Oh, you are not with me. Let me give you some, some tips. He decided to commit himself further. Let me show you some, some tips here so that your eyes will be open. Hallelujah. Now, this is what God is trying to achieve. He's trying to achieve verse 17. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of his promise the immutability of his counsel. He wants to show you that he means what he's saying. He wants to show you that he will not change his mind. So in order for him to show you, he had to adopt one of the things that men do. And men, what is the way of men? For, verily, for men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation. If there's any doubt, if I'm dealing with you and there's any doubt, those days or not now, people can swear now and, 
Those days, those days, those days, if men swear, and it's not just swearing, you will swear with your blood. This is how it is done. You take some blood, I take some blood, we put it in a cup, we mingle it together, and then you drink half, I drink half. Then we slaughter some animals, and then I walk through it, and I give you my commitment as I'm walking through blood. You also come and walk through the pool of blood, and you give me your commitment. The moment you have done that, if you go, in fact, the place where they put that blood, are you with me? They are going to plant a tree there. You guys, you guys are looking at me, you are surprised. Most of the covenants that your ancestors did, there is a tree, Vambe tree. They plant it. Where they made agreements, they plant trees there. It's in your culture. So the reason for that tree, because the tree is one, a witness, and then number two, the tree is also the cross that they will sacrifice you, crucify you, if you break the covenant. If you break the covenant, it is on that tree that they will hang you. Because the tree was a witness to what you said. And you said it through blood. It means that your utterance is binding from life to death. And if you break the, your utterance, it means that you have already died. So the tree will become the instrument to facilitate the death process. Oh, you have not seen that scripture that says, Cause is everyone that hangeth on a tree? Do you think... It is it's unrelated to covenant that Jesus had to hang on the cross. Is that the only way to die those days? Are you still with me? Alright. So, um, God is now trying to ensure that you receive what is given you. So he put himself under the responsibility. So he had to re- reduce some of his rights just to ensure that you receive what is offering you. So he went further to now make an oath. Because that's what you can understand. He made an oath unto him. He swore to him. And because there was no one that was greater than him, and because the way of men is that they swear by the greater, they swear by spirits, swear by thunder. So but there was no one that was greater than him, so he had to swear by himself. And the implication of that is that the day he fails to deliver upon this agreement, he himself will have to kill himself. And this was an attempt to show Abraham how willing he he was to be committed to the agreement that he was making with Abraham. So at the time God had gone to this level, Abraham had no logical reason to doubt God again. So covenant is entered into to help our faith life, help our confidence in transacting with God. There are going to be issues of confidence in your transaction with god especially that faith takes patience it takes time in order for it to deliver so many people feel that oh god has abandoned me god is no longer in the equation god has left if not this thing should not be paining me like this meanwhile it's your spirit that comes into the agreement first and you are going to keep that which has matured in your spirit you are going to keep it in vitality until it begins to trickle from your spirit and begins to affect your body affect your pocket affect your environment affect your ecosystem it is that reality that you have with god that is in the spirit that is eventually going to influence everything that is around you when the adequate gestation period has been accomplished because when when somebody takes in 
you know that it is nine months. You don't need to do, you, it's already given that it is nine, it's judged already, that it's nine months. Uh, so your, your challenge now is to make sure that you keep the baby alive until the nine months gestation period. Sometimes the gestation period, unfortunately, for each transaction we have with God, it has its own different gestation period. It's not as defined as just having pregnancy. But it's the same principle. It has a different gestation period. I remember when we, there was a time um, that uh, it was a season of persecution. Persecution. And so many people have not restored my wedding ring because they said I was using it to do supernatural. I was using that ring. It was um, a gift I got from Satan. And uh, it was for lying wonders and signs. Hallelujah. So I decided to take off the ring. And then even when I stopped using it, the ring now even got lost. So I forgot about it with my wife's permission. And then I will preach a message here. And then in the town, because I began to talk about tight, tight, the subject of tight. And I said, according to Jesus in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, that tight was an elective. It was not a weightier matter because oh, you want us to do that? Okay, not today. He said, Ye pay, this is Jesus speaking, ye pay the tithe of anise, of cumin, of meat, and ye have forgotten the weightier matters of the law. According to Jesus, the subject of tithe is not a weighty matter. That was the statement I made. And I think I was teaching on the weightier matters of the law. So I made that statement as I was trying to establish my introduction. And then the pastors in this city now felt terribly offended that this small boy again has said, yeah, how dare him encroach into tight? <laughs> oh my God. How, by, by what means did he now enter into the issue of tight? And that you will not believe, you, you see, when the devil is ready to fight. That statement was the reason for seven years of persecution. You know, it doesn't make sense. Because what I was talking about was from the scripture. That it was not a weightier matter of the law. The implication of your tithing will only affect your life in this age. There are several things in our transactions and dealings with God that will transcend this age and, and still appear in the age that is to come. And if you see all the issues that Jesus called weightier matters, they are issues that don't end with this age. They transcend this age. And I say that in order to provide some form of balance. Because the reigning doctrine that time was the doctrine of prosperity. And we didn't even know when that doctrine had overflowed into materialism. And in materialism, we have exalted a new God. And the name of that God happens to be Mammon. And I was trying to strike the balance so that we will see that we have departed from alignment. That message ended me seven years of persecution. And you know what? God allowed it. That's why it lasted that long, you know. Because I prayed about it. As my custom is, anytime there's a challenge, I run to God. And I cry. You will never see me cry in the open. But don't follow me to my closet. It is better for you to go there and know how to show Jesus your wounds. Where they nailed your hand. And he will heal it there. So that you can come out and be a champion outside. I went to God. 
and God did not say anything about it for a very long time. That's how you know it's a test. When you're praying on something and there's no feedback, you are being, you are being considered for a major promotion in the kingdom of God. Because they, it will be clear to everybody how you respond in situations where, where you don't get a feedback, you don't know what to do. The, the, it is the state of your heart that will be on display when your understandings are fruitful. It is the content of your heart that will come out. If there is rebellion in your heart, you will say, Okay! Well, it will come out. Anything that is in your heart, when you don't have, when your understanding is, is unfruitful, that is what will come out. And I didn't know it would last for seven years because I was praying. I was saying, God, hey, ah, where are you? And all of that. But do you realize that your calling is a covenant? When God, in the seventh year, when God wanted to respond, he now asked me, he said, do you realize that your calling is a covenant? And because your calling is a covenant, there is no way you don't want the calling to prosper more than me. I'm the one that took a vow for a covenant, not you. I'm the one that came and said, all right, I want you to more abundantly receive that which I'm offering you. And I put my name, I put my integrity, I put my, my life on the line for your sake. So what made you think in the slightest that I will abandon you when I gave you a calling that is a covenant? Ah, so I began to repent. Meanwhile, the test had finished too. They had marked the script. They had, yes, they had marked it. They had put it in computer, heaven's computer. It was there in the archive before God now came to me to educate me that my calling was a covenant. Do you realize, those of you that minister frequently and you have already known what Jesus gave you, like if I want to move in the gift of word of knowledge now, I don't need to pray about it. If we start praying and I decide I want to move in the gift of word of knowledge, 60% of the time when I want to, because it's a covenant, he will flow with me. Yeah, there are times when he will not come, but 60%, more often than not. You see, it's controlled by his sovereignty, but there's a covenant that binds it together. That gift functions by a covenant. Are you with me? It is even because of that covenant that somebody can even enter into immorality and the gift can still be operated. Just to show that it's a covenant thing, God is committed to keeping a covenant because his name is involved. His integrity is involved. And when you hear that a man of God fell and he utterly fell, it is because he wanted, he loved iniquity. Mm, because God is connected to him by covenant. And it's easier for him not to fall than for him to fall. Are you with me? So God now said, your calling is a covenant. I'm bound to you in the actualization of this calling by a covenant. I'm more interested. I'm more committed. I'm, I put more resources on the line to ensure that you succeed. So it is easier for you to succeed and for you not to succeed. So what made you think that I will abandon you? So God was addressing that faithlessness. God was addressing how I could come up with that kind of thinking. And he kept rebuking that thing for like seven days. That I could conceive the fact that he would depart from me. Was his pain in this matter. Because the reason for covenant is because he wants to reveal to us the immutability of his counsel. How that he cannot and will not change his mind. That's why he goes a step further to, to register his commitment. He cannot change his mind. Hallelujah. If God opens some of your eyes to see, like, 
Have you ever held a meeting before and there was attack on the finances? There was attack on everything. There was attack. The supplies were not coming. Everything. You have, you have done that before. I've done it many times that I'm no longer afraid. I've seen the way God comes through. So you are holding a crusade. The last crusade we held, how much was it? How, how, uh, how much of cost? Cost? Six million. Okay, the cost was like six million. Yes. Those crusades we hold, it's not less than... The first one was the cheapest, five million. Then the six... It is not less than six million. You mark it. So we have to trust, on, trust in the law. But you know what? It took 15 years from the time God said it to the time he approved us to go out. Yes. Sometimes we will go out first before the resources will begin to come. We've done that many times. I've known, I've known God's ways. God cannot be late. Just, just be doing what you are supposed to be doing. So that when his own come, everything will just... We've seen that before. And understanding came to me in those seven years. And the understanding was, God rebuked me and said, How did it occur to you that I will leave you? It means you have not understood covenant. That was, so this thing I'm teaching you today came from that dealing. He said, you don't understand covenant. You don't understand covenant. There are many times I've been on the pulpit to preach in crusades. And I myself, I was sick. I mean terribly sick. But the people that invited me say, see. You just need to stand on that pulpit. Just stand there. Just stand there. So I will, doctors will come and give me drugs. And then I will now crawl to the pulpit. I said, I will now tell him, you know that I'm not well, so I couldn't pray the way I was supposed to pray for you to move. But move. Do you know God moves more when you are sick? <laughs> okay, oh. Uka, you have not, you have never, he moves. No prayer. I just, that prayer, I was just praying. He said, while I was still praying that prayer, then he interrupted me and said that I'm going to open 14 deaf ears now. So what I did was that I left my seat when I came to the pulpit and everybody was shouting, which is what the people that invited me wanted. I now stood there. When they finish shouting, I say, right now, God is going to heal the deaf. And they brought many deaf people. And in five seconds, boom, he told me 14. It was more than 14. It was 14 times 2. In fact, one senior minister that came there, when he saw that miracles began before I started preaching, he ran away. He ran, he ran. I, I was suspecting him that he was carrying some things from darkness. But I was not sure. I was not sure. When that power came, whoop! And I turned back to now fighting. I discovered he had escaped. <laughs> he had escaped. The anointing was so strong. You need to see the souls that gave their life to Christ. And then when I finished preaching and dropped the mic, the people that brought me knew that I was going to fall down. So they came ahead of me and then we now followed one side. And yes, the doctors, they were following me. Following me. And that's how I went back. That, those miracles too. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I think... Last year, that was the greatest crusade I had. The one that I was sick. In terms of the number of people that gave their life to Christ. In terms of miracles. Miracles, miracles were a, as if we were doing something. Yes. And I was not well and I did not pray. Then when we go back to the room, our, our ministers, my sons and daughters in the east will come and pray for me. Is that prayer that would, would not keep me till the next day. The next day, I will put on my clothes again. We'll crawl there and say hallelujah. Miracles.
the minister ran away because he had tools from Satan. <laughs> he took off. And he never came back till I left. All of that happened. I did not pray the way I was supposed to pray because it was a covenant. God was involved. He is more interested than you think you are. And God rebuked me. I will never forget that he rebuked me for conceiving in my mind that he could leave me. Because the Bible says God has a deliberate intention to prove to the heirs of his promise the immutability of his counsel. He went further to confirm that his counsel with an oath so that by two immutable things, two unchangeable things, it means the promise is unchangeable and the oath makes it unchangeable. It is impossible for God to lie. If you have ever stood before a dead person that they said you should pray, the first thing I need to ask you is, where will your mind be? If your mind is not on the covenant, your agreement with God, that person will never rise. Where is your mind? Where is, where, because some of you will say, okay, your mind is in your prayer. You are lost. No, my mind is in the fact that I didn't call myself. My mind is in the fact that my calling is a covenant that has commitments from God. My, my mind is in the fact that in my walk with God, I have earned some stature in his presence. Some stature that can move his hand when I request from him. Oh my God. I don't see that as an impossible case. I see it as an opportunity for God to show himself strong. It was here, right here, where doctor is sitting. I was, coming, I was on leave. So I was hopping to the office. Then I saw a woman. And the woman was coming with a lady. And then they sat here. And the lady began to die. Uh -uh. And they, they came to my office. People ran in. So I came out. I came out. And um, I was looking at the lady. I was looking at the lady. And the only instruction that God gave me was that make her look into your eyes. Make her look there. And she looked. The spirit of death left her. Yes. Oh, I believe that God is interested. I believe it. If I am still praying for a meeting and you see me, you will see how helpless I am if God has not spoken. But when God speaks, if he tells me the next agenda now is to move through this war, oh my God, woe to this war because I will, I will go through it. Woe to it. The reason for covenant is to ensure that there is an anchor for your soul. That your soul that is so doubtful, it can go here and there. That your soul that takes its statistics from circumstances and situations and logic and tries to contradict the word of God. A covenant is supposed to be an anchor that stabilizes that soul. And there is no noise inside. There is no doubt inside. Because by two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. It is the actualization of covenant that made Abraham's body to revive after it was already dead. It means he could no longer produce sperm. It was an act of resurrection that took place. Sarah that was known to be barren from her teenage age had entered into the age of menopause. It was the power of the covenant that was able to occasion resurrection. And the womb and the fallopian tube and, and everything that has to do with that system was quickened, was made alive. 
You know what God is saying? If I'm involved, eh? it is it is not it is not how do they say it? If God is involved, eh? you should question what you should question is why did it not happen? Because it's supposed to happen. Eh? It is supposed to happen. So if it doesn't happen, I will go back to God and say, hey, what happened? Because it is supposed to happen. You see, you see why God rebuked me? Because in my own mind, I felt God has left. Because of circumstances and situation. I believed the circumstances. I believed in what the pressure wanted to achieve. And I lost touch with covenant mindedness. There is a way a covenant person thinks. Yes. A covenant person doesn't see sickness the way other people see it. Because the covenant person knows he's going to be well. Doesn't matter how long the sickness is lying, it will eventually leave. Yes. Most people that have healing ministries today were sickly. They were sickly when they were small, like me. And it was not a drug that healed me. It was God. He manifested to me as a ray of light, a beam of light. And when that light passed through my body, I just noticed that I started recovering. Not because of drugs. I've been on admission before where the nurses whispered and said, this one is hopeless, this case is hopeless. But I'm still here. It was the light of God that beamed into my... I believe in healing. I believe it. It beamed into my body. I never knew that that was a foundation that God was going to build a healing ministry upon in the future. God cannot lie by two immutable things wherein it is impossible for God to lie. Then the scripture I said you should take note of is... A scripture that reveals how someone that is in a covenant with God is supposed to have assurance. The assurances that a believer is supposed to have because he is in covenant with God. Now, let me give you a little, a little insight hmm? before I read that scripture, which is in the book of uh, um, Hebrews chapter six, verse eighteen. A little insight. For me personally, I believe. I have a ministry to the youth, one. Secondly, I have a helps ministry. God has raised me to help people. Because when God was speaking to me, he said, you will invest in many destinies. That's not just spiritual investment. The way I understood it is financial and otherwise too. I have that calling. It's a calling. If you don't have the calling I have, you cannot give the way I'm giving. My giving is supernatural. Is tied to a helps ministry. I might be, I might challenge you. I, I hope I do. But I'm telling you, my calling. Because I have a helps ministry. If I sit back in my house and I say, God, I want to give Pastor Tony a car. Hmm? I don't have money. I want to give him a car you'll be amazed somebody will give me a car I want to give this person this thing 
you know what that calling is supported by a covenant and as i have that desire to exercise that helps ministry the tributaries of favor and mercy will open up you don't know how strong see go back go back and find out the major items of your calling go back and find it great power resides in those quarters are you with me great power because all the items all the articles of your calling are actually lines that are supported by covenant when i say oh we need to find a way to reach out then strange things will begin to happen i've seen it once i've seen it again number two whether i am prepared or not if i'm standing before you i'm anointed whether i pray yes normally normally if i'm going for a meeting a special meeting i pray for four hours in tongues if it's a crusade i try to do like seven hours if it's a place i've never been to before i'm in a new country that i've never been i do 12 hours i wake up 5 a.m and i pray till 5 p.m yeah i'll be doing tongues just doing tongues just do, if it's a new country i've never been to that place before in order for me to discern the spirits in that territory i will wake up 5 a.m and i'll keep speaking in tongues until evening at least for the first day of the meeting if i've entered into the meeting I've already, the angels that came with me already know the kind of reinforcement I have from heaven. I might play the next day. But that first day, um, do you know that the ability to pray, that ability to pray is part of the calling. Before I start the prayer, I don't even say, okay, I want to pray for seven hours. I just start. I, I just keep, as long as the thing is not yet filled, the prayer will be going be going and then when i've addressed it i will know i will have a feeling i'll have a sense of accomplishment in my spirit but if it's a new place whether i have that sense i will still make the time so that by the time i come out even if you are the wizard the wizard of the it doesn't matter you are going down hallelujah if god have all the items of your calling they are supported by covenants you can take advantage of them. Are you with me? Another item of my calling is that I am a messenger of the presence of God. I was in Zaria when God encountered me and gave me that tributary. So if we want the presence of God to come here now, because I have that calling. When you find people like Umar Pai, minister, and everybody is falling down. It's a, it's a calling to demonstrate power. It's a calling. It's a calling some of us that have that calling know what is happening it's a calling it's a calling and there's a covenant that supports it and it will happen in australia the same way it will happen in lagos because it is not environmental a covenant is at work should i say something if god makes a commitment god says to you because i was in zaria and then a lady was ministering in praise and worship and the presence of God was so thick. And then I, my eyes opened. When my eyes opened, I saw, I saw myself in heaven. I finished my work on earth. And I saw myself in heaven. And I've, I've, I've seen 
the glory of my afterlife. I've seen it. What I'm doing now is I'm walking towards it. I've seen that glory. Yes, I saw myself in heaven and um, Jesus was coming from some staircases up there. He was, he was light. He was light. We all, our garments had light, but his own was light. That light we call light. That's the best explanation I can give. And as he, as he, he started descending, everybody went face down, flat. And then as he was passing through the crowd, he'll be touching some people to follow him. He touched me too. I noticed that the, 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 the person, the, among the people he touched to follow him, I recognized Catherine Kuman because I've been watching her, her videos. Yes? I also recognized Benny Him because I've been watching his videos. I've tried to, when he came to Nigeria, I tried to meet him because that man, God has used him to bless my life. So I recognized Benny Him. Then I recognized one more preacher that was there. And then, and then I was the next person on the line. And then we're following Jesus and we're shining. The rest were lying down. We were following him standing. So I saw that in glory, I was going to be a ranking man in the spirit. In heaven, I saw it. It was after I saw that vision that Jesus now explained to me the meaning of those people that were standing they had something in common. And he told me that all these people standing that I saw are carriers of his presence. They carry his presence from place to place. And that is also my calling. That's the day I got wind of the fact that I was called to be a carrier of the presence. I know what to do to saturate this place with God's presence. I know what to do. It's part of my calling. It's supported by covenant. So I've seen myself in glory. Yes, when my days are done upon the face of the earth and I'm walking towards it. Even now. Every time. That's why you find some people are self-motivating in some encounters they have had. You will not find me in my house one day crying and say, Oh, hey, that kind of, that episode is not available. It is a privilege that God has given us to be numbered in him, to labor with him. That was the day God told me I'm a carrier of his presence. From that day, I've, 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 as I understand the calling, and I walk in the measure that God makes available, now, now, hmm? if, if, we, if we access that realm, I can stand in between people and they will, they will fall. Like in Ghana, I was trying to we were going out. So some people were kneeling down somewhere and blocking my road. So the only way to create a road was to release some... Yeah, so it was <laughs> the anointing created road for us to navigate. It was a, a wonderful... Yeah, so the, the anointing has many roles. One of them is to create road. I did that. I did that. Because I have a certain kind of calling that God has covenant covered. In fact, before I got to where the people were, I had already received a sign that that presence was already searching. So what I did was with his permission. Not because I had anointing, so I wanted to. No. He, 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 he gave me the permission. There's a covenant on your life. There's a covenant on your life. And it doesn't matter how many enemies are arrayed against you. The commitment of God to that covenant 
will put all of those enemies to shame the ones that seek your life the ones that will be more comfortable if you are in poverty the ones that will be will be more excited if you have a terminal disease so many people with wickedness but there's something the devil cannot fathom which is what he does to a man that he has covenant with and how that provides insulation how that provides possibility for actualization oh my god god said to abraham i am the el shaddai walk thou before me and be thou perfect and i will make a covenant between me and you and i will multiply you exceedingly so with abraham was a covenant of multiplication he forgot that covenant when he tried to help god with hagar and even the barricade of barrenness and the barricade of having no living sperm in his semen was not a logical reason enough to undo the possibilities and the power that is associated with covenant covenant can bring that which is dead to life again oh my god covenant did they not say did they not say that um um maybe they had said that in your family nobody rises nobody does uh, nobody from this tribe can ever become Ooh, i have seen the glory of god once upon a time there was a certain man that boasted and said if you do this thing and you are alive it means that i'm not my father's son i did the thing and i'm alive and the conclusion is that we need to trace his genealogy because his father is not responsible for him that's the conclusion <laughs> according to his word we need to trace how he who is his father because he's the, the person he's claiming is not his father we have heard people boasted and they could not deliver on their boasting and they boasted in the name of satan and they could not deliver on their boasting because they measured us and felt that this was all about us and unknown to them the powers the resources of heaven where 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 back i have a scripture for the night a scripture with which we will pray it was david that prayed that prayer he said that the lord should remember his covenant why because the dark places of the earth are filled with the habitation of cruelty the dark places of the earth are filled they are filled I've seen all kinds of intimidation. If the ones that they will come in the dream and say, Don't try this! And you can be sure that that will be my next project. Until Satan now discovered that his, his attempts to intimidate me were motivational appendages. So he stopped trying to intimidate me. Because the same thing you come and say, hey! That's where I will go the next day. <laughs> we, we, we were going for a crusade. And all the prayer people were, were sleeping in one place. After we had prayed, we were sleeping in one place. And in the night, around 4 a.m., almost everybody woke up uh, apart from me. So they woke me up and said, hey, you are still sleeping. What's the problem? All of them had the same dream. And the dream was that we were not going back alive. <laughs> I love. <laughs> if we had taped some of these things as videos it would have sold because it was funny <laughs> i loved i said i don't know about you guys but you know when we are done here i'm going to another place they say you're mad we are talking about something that should generate prayer i said no yesterday night we prayed and in my spirit i knew we were victorious 
do you know that we sack satan from that place when we finished sacking satan from that place i came back to my friends and said do you not know that that thing you saw didn't come from god because when we got back to base we were still alive so satan attempted to intimidate us they don't know that he has tried that with me before and he got a lot of damage because that thing you are trying to intimidate me from doing i will do tomorrow i will do tomorrow you don't know how much risk i've taken in the name of the lord so much yeah you I, no need to say it on air risk the only reason why i could take that risk and i took it until it became a lifestyle my lifestyle my capacity to believe god increased my capacity to hear god increased we are not alone he said he said remember thy covenant why because the dark places of the earth are filled with the habitation of cruelty remember your covenant that's the prayer that the lord might remember that the lord might remember that the lord might remember because the dark places of the earth are filled with the habitation of cruelty it was a crossover night a crossover night that I was able to attend after many years so I was somewhere in Kogi State when we were doing that crossover night and we're praying and we're praying in the crossover night I remember as I was praying and I stood somewhere in the meeting because it's not a place where people know me two ladies came from the congregation one had this leg one had this leg and they began to pray and cry so i tried to discern what was going on to no avail but they cried i mean physical tears and they cried they prayed like that for one hour crying so i now ask god is it that i'm about to die They, they cry in fact they oh my god oh my god what is happening and after one hour they did not even greet me they just stood up and left i didn't know who the ladies were until six years later 4 a.m that morning i was praying in kogi state the ladies were mourning 4 a.m that morning i was called from here that fire has taken over our studio we had ended for the year so we moved the keyboard into that place moved the amplifier moved the mixer moved everything that had to do with uh, with 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 um oh the studio was there everything got burnt all our messages that we have been storing for many years got burnt it was the neighbors that broke the burglaries to put out the fire and i said god if this thing can happen then you are showing me a sign so i had to go to god to find out why will meanwhile that was what the ladies were mourning about then i found out in the place of prayer that what the devil planned was to burn this whole beauty not just that place and the ladies began to pray then the fire only affected that place and all our messages were burnt 
it's only the messages that I took to Lagos, which was 2007, 8, and 9, that were with me in Lagos. So we had to bring the ones we had in Lagos, and we had to start to start searching for where we could find to update. And that was, and then I said, No, Lord, what is happening? And the great one spoke to me. He said, Let me take inventory of the things that got burnt. I went there, yes, amplifier, keyboard, you know, all those mixer, equalizer, all those kind of stuff. He said, I should go and look again. And I found out that the real thing the devil attacked was our messages. The computer that had all the messages that we had preached up until that time. In fact, you would not even know that there was a computer there. It melted. That was the year we started putting our videos on cable. And I realized that is demons that were in the places where that voice has entered that came to check where it was coming from you know the devil is wicked but the reason why those two sisters were moved was because of god's covenant we had no idea that there was going to be a strike but the burden that came upon those ladies i can tell you they were moved by god only heaven will know what the devil wanted to destroy that day but i know that two people were quickened and they prayed and i saw them a few years later we now started going to the places where our voice had gone then i knew why satan had to come to what he did satan is afraid of your future he will do anything to ensure that you never find that future set foot in that future one of the ways where you will see the manifestation of god's faithfulness is to preserve that future he said remember thy covenant that's what david said for the dark places of the earth are filled with the habitation of cruelty if we are still here today is because satan satan failed nothing can overcome the covenant can we spend spend 15 minutes 30 minutes can we pray in the words of that scripture remember thy covenant for the dark places of the earth are filled with the habitation of cruelty for we have seen the enemy come in like a flood we have also seen the spirit of the lord raise a standard against him and in your life god will raise a standard against the enemy and the hand of darkness will be broken of your life in the name of jesus in a moment of time we want to pray remember thy covenant for the dark places of the earth the intentions of the devil will never come to pass in your life the things that witches the things that evil people have planned will never find expression because the covenant insurance policy of heaven is going to snap back 
at every attempt of the enemy is going to snap back at every attempt of the kingdom of darkness is going to snap back it's going to snap back remember thy covenant remember thy covenant remember thy covenant for the dark places of the earth are filled with the habitation of cruelty the covenant that you have with god is going to rise up to the occasion and there will be another miscalculation of the enemy in your case in your life there will be a miscalculation there'll be a miscalculation of the enemy god is involved god will never abandon you by two immutable things it is impossible for god to have lied to you it is impossible it is impossible and the effect of that arrangement is supposed to give you a strong consolation Remember thy covenant for the dark places of the earth are filled, are filled with the habitation of cruelty. So remember thy covenant. Now the life of everyone, the destiny of everyone might be released for manifestation. We go beyond the roadblocks, the barricades that are setting the way to obstruct our rising. Remember, 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 remember your covenant. Remember your covenant. Escabre soveratua, e capre tontele mesenimo coria, presosena ila mansala baboria prescalimono. Ale boboria sica prescompe la mina sica branta baba la caparata mansele, preconpe la sica prescompe lema. You will maximize your measure. Great grace will be given unto you. You will, you will break the record. You will initiate new things that no one in your lineage ever dreamt of. The hand of God 
upon your life is going to make a difference there's going to be a difference there's going to be a difference a difference in your life in the name of jesus there's going to be a difference and so lord we ask remember your covenant remember your covenant remember your covenant Remember your covenant. Your covenant with Africa. Your covenant with Nigeria. Your covenant with us as a ministry. I ask, oh God, that everyone under the sound of my voice might receive the impact of your tender mercy. And if there's anyone under the resistance of the enemy, set them loose. Set them at liberty. Drive them forward by your grace. In the name of Jesus, let the intention of the enemy fail. Let the plan of the devil fail. Oh my God. Oh my God. Ekabranda baboria, eskombre gede, gaba kumbra, ikabeskombre, ekebababanda la baboria. Azezi akambre, eskomberatwa, ezabina branda baboske, tabina zene. Alabra santa brada babora basaliata, ezabliskombre, labra santa babori badatwa, ebrekete la samina, abranda baboria zene kambre, agabalada branda babose preda. Escapriada babondo, la brazata tana babarata, i bravanzana babori magadiana, rescende compe la basubria. Because this year is going to be a significant year in your life. You will see the Lord's backing. The Lord will back you. The Lord will back you up. He will back you up. He will back you up in the name of Jesus. Marababori abasi kabrata babalata cancer. Ebreseke manzesia ikanzeso mena kamrata babori bakadia abarama sada babora baletia iskobre la mama nante do kompre basketo brisa bala bataya ekabalata branda alabo semina alabo semina alabo semina ligo goria brasa kababora bakabalata abrama sada babori baletia ebreske ndaseli kompre. In the name of Jesus. For those of you online, we'll be taking some.
questions and answers tomorrow. So feel free to drop uh, a feedback question that you'd like us to answer in the meeting tomorrow. Just feel free to drop the questions there. We'll, we'll um, pick them up, write them out, and we'll begin to attend to those questions from tomorrow. Um, for every session we hold, we will take one or two questions and we'll be answering as the uh, time will afford us so that we can um, occasion a feedback from your end in the name of Jesus. Yahweh, covenant keeping God. You are the covenant keeping God. Covenant keeping God. Imama Yikosam. Only you.